Hello, podcaster. It's Charlie here bringing you another episode of The Business of Podcasting. And today I am joined by Brett Curry of OMG Commerce and E-Commerce Evolution Podcast. That's a bit of a tongue twister. I had to read that one from there. Now, Brett is an absolute wizard with e-commerce and particularly paid traffic sources in e-commerce. I brought him on the show today to talk about his podcast and how it relates to his agency. Now, this discussion I found really interesting and particularly one of the points I thought was super interesting is that the idea of chasing big guests to come on your podcast won't necessarily serve you long term. And we really get into this in the idea that you might have a huge name come on your podcast and you'll see this spike in downloads, but really how many people hang around and keep listening to your podcast or buy from your business? And is chasing big guests really what we should be focusing on? Or should we be focusing on the topics and content we make? Now, one of the things I love about Brett's podcast, and we do talk about this today, is how he's been able to select the topics that really cut through the noise for his audience, how he's been able to make his content really specific so it sticks in their mind and also is super relevant. So this discussion, really, really interesting one. I think all podcasters who listen to this will get some value on it and may even give you some insights how to improve your show further. Now, before we get into the content itself, I want to remind you that we do want you to subscribe to our email list. I want you to come over to our website and jump on that list so you can get a weekly email from me that will help you grow, monetize, and leverage your podcast. Now, this is a specific call to action to come and jump on that email list. Now, I'm just playing around, but in all seriousness, that email list is something I do every week, and I think you will get a lot of benefit for your podcast by getting that email from me. Now let's head over to the content itself and let's enjoy this conversation with Brett. Welcome to the podcast, Brett Curry. How you doing, Brett? Hey, good, Charlie. Uh, how, how about yourself? Doing excellent. It's nice and early in Australia. We're working with these time zones here, but I tell you what, I'm excited for this interview for the simple reason that Ralph Burns gave you such a glowing recommendation for this show. So I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. But before we get into it, where I'd like to start things off to set some context, I'd love you to just briefly tell us what your business is and what you do, and then really dive a little bit deeper on what your podcast is about. Yeah, man, glad to do it. And uh, Ralph, Ralph the Legend Burns, man, is a buddy of mine. We end up working together a lot. We, we have some mutual clients where his agency handles the Facebook ad side of things. My agency handles the, the YouTube and Google side of things. And so we, we work together a lot. Great guy. And so, so with that, uh, my background is I'm a marketing junkie. I actually did TV and radio back in the day. That's so how I cut my teeth. I listened to Jay Abraham tapes and Dan Kennedy, you know, direct response type stuff for those that are familiar. And, and then started doing online marketing in the early 2000s. And then in 2010, started this company with my business partner, Chris Brewer. And we, we had lots of iterations, right? We did web design. We did all kinds of marketing. We really found we love Google ads and specifically YouTube and Google shopping. And, and so we focus on e-commerce companies. So we work exclusively with e-commerce companies and we manage all of the, all of the Google ads ecosystem and then all of the Amazon ads ecosystem. And so we're a team of about between 35 and 40. We're growing, made the Inc. 5000 list last year, which we're very proud about. As you uh, should be, congrats. Inc. 
best workplace. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Uh, made Inc. best workplaces, which we're even more excited about that. Uh, we, we believe that culture, you know, culture of the company really drives the results for our clients and, and will drive our reputation for the foreseeable future. And so, yeah, so we're a digital agency, focus on e-commerce, and then create a podcast to, to kind of to, to speak to that audience as well. Sensational. So the podcast itself is very focused on e-commerce, which I like. I'm a big fan of picking a niche where you can be a leader. But I'd love to know, why did you start a podcast and what were you hoping to get out of it? Yeah, so I've always enjoyed I've always enjoyed public speaking. I like people and so I like connecting. And so I've always felt like it was a it was a bit of a skill, but then there was also a great reward in doing it. And so actually, funny side note, and people can go check this out if they are bored. Um, started a podcast called The Llama Commerce Show with my buddy Kurt Theobald. He's the founder of Classy Llama, which is a fantastic design and development agency, e-commerce agency. So anyway, we started this podcast together. It was actually his idea. He's like, hey, I thought about doing this e-commerce show. And I was like, yes, let's do it. Let's have fun. It was a little nutty at times, uh, but it went well and I kind of got the taste for podcasting and thought, man, it's a lot of fun. So we kind of wound that down. Kurt kind of got tired of doing it. Then started my own podcast. And so the idea behind it is, one, I love to meet smart people, right? And so you can't, it'd be hard for me to call up Charlie or Ralph Burns and just say, hey, um, can I pick your brain for 30 minutes? Just no real reason. I just want to learn from you. That's hard to do. But you could say, hey, you want to be on my podcast? And I would essentially do the same thing. But now, you know, because of the, the, the mutual benefit of the podcast, now I can have these conversations. So connecting with people, that was a, a, an objective. Uh, and then, you know, I love this idea of owned media, right? And I'm a big Ryan Dice fan and digital marketer fan. And they always talk about, you know, media that you own and becoming a media company. And while our podcast is very niche focused, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't reach millions of people, it reaches our marketplace. And so looking at it as a way to further build the reputation of OMG Commerce, giving us another vehicle that we can promote events or things that we're doing, you know, with that audience. And so using it as a, as a business growth tool for the agency as well. But really, when I'm doing the podcast, man, I'm just focused on the content, focused on connecting with people, connecting with the audience, and uh, and yeah, have, have fun with it in the process. Oh, some great points there and things we definitely need to dive a little bit deeper into. It's really interesting that one of the common themes we've had on this show, and even selfishly myself even now, it's like the idea of podcasts have become a little bit glorified. So if someone is to offer a podcast support, uh, people jump at it. So the, they do. the access to people from podcasting is unlike any other medium, especially a marketing medium. Like it, I can remember the days, and I know once upon a time you've done some SEO stuff, but like contacting someone to contribute to a blog post, uh, like crickets, very rarely. Yeah. But if you'd have dropped, hey, come so on So let me podcast. get this straight. You are asking me to write a term paper for you. <laughs> let, 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 that's the mental picture people get. So you want me to contribute to your blog? Great. I'm back in English class in high school. Thanks. Uh, but podcasts are fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then the win-win scenario for everyone kind of makes that very viable. Honestly, I think that's a reason enough to start a podcast and um, <laughs> I encourage it in, in all honesty. But the next thing you said there, which is fascinating and I really agree with, I tend to think the way marketing has gone, we're in this era now where it's a highly competitive space and I don't think many companies can afford to be too broad. I think there's immense power in being niche and having a blue ocean. Um, and that's one of the things I really um, admired in your podcast. 
I saw how well your topics cut through against general marketing podcasts. And I think that's probably why your show, while it might not be as big as some of the ones that are out there, I imagine it's impacting people and also driving people to work with you more strongly than those broader shows. Has, is that what you found? It is. And, and so we, we do get people reaching out frequently that, that say, hey, listen to the podcast. Love it. Let's, let's talk about this marketing initiative or whatever. And, and it is interesting because, you know, because I'm running the agency as well and super busy there. There were a couple of times when I thought, man, like, what should I really do the podcast anymore? Should, I, should is anyone listening? Is anyone listening to my podcast? Which I mean, I see the download numbers, but you still you just wonder. And then I would go to a, a trade show or something. People people would come up to me at the booth or be like, "Hey, I love the podcast. You got to keep doing it." I'm like, all right, so I'll, I'll keep doing it. But yeah, so so being very niche focused in in e-commerce was intentional. You know, I I, I think if someone does have a broad message, that's fine. But I, from my perspective, my thought was, you know, I, I can't, I don't need to be another Gary V or Lewis Howes or, or one of those guys. What, how can I bring a unique voice and a unique message and, and attract some, some unique guests specifically to speak to this, to this audience? And so it's, it's actually helped me round out my learning in the e-commerce space. And then uh, it's been well-received in the e-commerce community and it, and it has led to, to a lot of inquiries. Yeah. I think it's probably been great for your positioning in e-commerce as well, because if you went just broad marketing, it's like, there's no way you could be recognized for the intricacies of like shopping ads or spot, oh, it's not Spotify, Shopify. Sorry. You can understand yeah. podcaster. I'm obsessed with obviously the audio, it just <laughs> naturally came out, but um, yeah. much the same. I had the considerations, like we are a, a media company and at one point, the podcast I was going to do was going to be all on media. It was going to be broad. We were going to try and cover all the different uh, facets. And I just realized that our chances of cutting through or building a strong audience or following like this show has become was probably very, very low because it had been done so heavily by so many other brands like the Gary V's and so on, who do a great job, but it's kind of already been done. It's that really niche aspect that can make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I, you know, I'm, I'm confident the topics, you know, I meet, I meet people at, at church or just hanging out or friends or whatever. They're like, Oh, you do a podcast. Well, I'd love to listen. And my feedback is always, you're welcome to, but like this may be the cure for insomnia for you because we talk about things like Google shopping. We talk about YouTube ads for e-commerce. We talk about conversion rate optimization. We talk about site security and some of these things that like, you know, if you own an e-commerce store, you're eating this stuff up and you're really excited to listen. If you're just, you know, dude that that you know works at the bank, you probably couldn't care less. But but I, I view that as a strength, right? If if this is a topic that that would make an e-commerce store owner light up and say, yes, I've been thinking about that, asking about that. Like as an example, just recorded a, a podcast episode. It may be a little early. It's not it's not released yet, at least not at the time that we're recording, but it's on voice commerce and how will voice commerce impact us as as e-commerce store owners and so looking at things like the alexa devices or google home and whatnot and how that's changing shopping behavior it's probably a little early there because there's not a ton of action items that someone should take yet but i i believe it's one of those things that people are asking about and thinking about now and so i brought on a guest that's an expert in that area and we dig into it so, so actually that may be like interesting to even to some some techie people but really the idea is, hey, if this is a topic that makes an e-commerce store owner light up and maybe bores to death, you know, your, your average Joe, I'm cool with that. That's actually a win uh, that, that we've, kind of, we've kind of zeroed in on the right topic. 
Yeah, how interesting. And like I think about that and let's say we are a bit early for voice search in general, I imagine. I'm not certain, but I, I can see it's coming, but I think we're a little mm -hmm. bit off still. If you've covered that topic on your podcast and someone remembers that and then down the road when it starts to be a pain point for someone of going, hey, I'm not appearing on this search stuff. Like, why are we not on voice? It's like you become the natural solution because you've already covered it and you've already got built collateral assets. So I like that a lot. And this is one of yeah. the things you do incredibly well on your podcast. And uh, you mentioned even before the show, you tend to be able to find the topics that e-commerce owners are thinking about or going to be thinking about. How do you do that? How do you decide what topics to cover on your podcast? Yep. So it's actually it's actually relatively straightforward for me. One, I'm still in a in a place where I, I talk to e-commerce store owners a lot. So even though I'm the CEO of the company and we have we have a you know pretty big and, and growing team, I still am on client calls, you know, on a weekly basis. So some of our larger clients and our YouTube clients, I'm still pretty actively involved. And so I hear what they're saying and what they're thinking. I also, you know, kind of uh, think about what it would interest me, right? So I, I think like an e-commerce store owner. So I'm wondering, you know, what interests me? I, I read a decent amount. I listen to other podcasts. And so so it's kind of a combination. It's, it's listening directly to e-commerce store owners. There's a couple of great e-commerce podcasts that I, that I listen to regularly. And that, that was another reason why I wanted to start a podcast was I just love listening to podcasts, right? I've got a 30-minute commute to and from work every day. I listen to stuff a lot. I don't listen to the radio that much. I like podcasts or, or audiobooks. And, and so I, I do listen to other e-commerce podcasts. I also listen to the, the Gary V's and, and Tim Ferriss's of the world uh, as well. And, uh, and so th those are the, the primary sources. And a lot of times I'm just scratching my own itch of what do I want to learn? Because I think this will help our agency and, and help our agency, help our clients. And that, and that kind of helps guide me as well. I really like that. You've kind of, it's like feet on the ground especially with the clients yeah. you work with. It's a very good insight. One of the things this is, and I'll kind of confess here, like in my first podcast, I made this huge mistake in thinking that people were interested in what I was interested in. So like I'd go mm -hmm. read a book and then next week's episode would be something related to the topic of that book. So I might read a book at one point. I remember this one. This is true. I read a book uh -huh. on business finances. And then next week I'm talking about business finances, <laughs> but I didn't have a business finances audience. And it was just like watching downloads fall off a cliff. And I realized that um, I kind of thought it was the Truman Show. I thought podcasting was the Truman Show where people were actually interested in me. And Watching Charlie. Yeah, yeah it's the Charlie Show. But um, nonetheless, it was very impactful and a very good lesson to learn about how important it is to understand and put your audience first and their needs and problems and how to improve their lives. Like one of the things I'd probably encourage if you're a podcaster is is getting that deep, like ground level of where your audience at, either through surveys, events, other podcasts, like really understanding them and putting that at the forefront, I think stands to make much better content topics. Yep. Yep. And then I think watching your watching your downloads over time and and you know, as as a marketing guy who who thinks about things like attribution, right? What what gets credit when something happens on a website. I know there could be lots of factors that lead to higher downloads for a particular episode, right? You have a great guest and that guest maybe promotes it. So your, your downloads spike for that episode. But I think consistently, especially once you get in, this maybe doesn't help initially, but once you get into you know, 30, 40, 50 episodes, looking for patterns of you know, what are the types of topics where my downloads are consistently higher than average? What are the topics where my downloads are consistently lower than average? And, and so I think you usually you'll find that it's a combination of either 
either the guests no one had heard of, which which for me that's not a big deal because it's so niche focused that it's the title of the podcast and hey, the fact that we're talking voice search, no one's heard of probably the guests, but voice search they're thinking about. Uh, so it's a combination potentially of the the guests and how high caliber they are, the topic, you know, and then, and then how you position it and how you market it. But I think in addition to listening to the source is then watching those downloads, right? Looking, using that as a strong feedback signal over time to help shape, you know, who you have back on. Uh, so I don't know Facebook ads, but when I have someone on the talk Facebook ads, the downloads are usually good there. So I look to do that somewhat regularly. So I have guys like Ralph on or Molly Pittman or my buddy Ezra Firestone or somebody. Also things like conversion rate optimization, that topic does really well for my audience. So I look, I look for things along those lines. Also, so yeah, watching the data and as we say, let let the data speak and and then respond accordingly. It's a very interesting insight. I mean, top. I really am for the idea that topic should be the priority because that's the thing you have control over is the topic as the host. But you brought up something there around the idea of like, did the guest share it or a big name shared it? And like, I mean, there's no dancing around it. Like uh, Ralph, Ezra and Molly all have huge audiences. And if you did bring them on, as I've had them on this podcast, there's a spike, there's a massive spike. But I've really come to question if that actually helps me. I've really come to question if there's a whole bunch of podcasters out there chasing the audiences of people like, let's say, I'll get Gary V on and if he shares it, you know, this will go well or any of the ones we've mentioned here. But has it actually improved my brand positioning or brought people closer to working with my business? And are there a whole bunch of podcasters out there right now? And I'd love your opinion on this, chasing the share instead of chasing building their own tribe or true audience. I think that is an amazing point. And so I'll, I'll kind of share a couple of examples. So Ezra was on, he was on the Lama Commerce show way back in the day, which which he shared it and that, that went crazy. And then we didn't see a sustained boost for, for normal downloads. It was on this podcast, uh, e-commerce evolution, or my current podcast, e-commerce evolution. It helped some, but it wasn't like this huge sustained spike. I mean, if you, if you were to look at the analytics, it's like, you know, major peak and then a little bit higher than it was before. So I think, you know, having a good guest on is great for that additional exposure that you might get. But keep in mind, people that that are, are huge fans of Ezra Firestone or Gary Vee or whoever, they're probably listening to your podcast just because it's them and not, not because it's you. And they probably won't stick around, right? Whereas if you just make the content fantastic and think, you know, and again, in my case, e-commerce storms. What are they? What What are the burning questions they have? What are topics they want to sit and listen to for 30, 45 minutes or an hour? That's what I'm going to do. Then that that is way better than getting a flash in the pan, a star guest here and there. Because because a lot of times, you know, as an example, Gary V. That that's a really broad business audience or or solopreneur on audience or or, or wannabe entrepreneur audience. They wouldn't. They wouldn't stick around then and listen to my conversion rate optimization episode later. You know, so if I did get Gary V on, I, I think the benefits would be very. Want to be? Oh, I'd jump at the chance. I'd love to chat with him, but I think the the sustained benefit to the podcast wouldn't be as exciting as some people might expect. Yeah, I agree with that so much. Like I, I've really been thinking about this a lot about the importance of the topic and the content actually solving problems and improving the lives of the audience over chasing the downloads. Like, yes, it's turned into, and it's a you know, really interesting thing where I'm sure even in your world, like a lot of the e-com or store owners are obsessed with traffic. I know they are. 
<laughs> I speak to them. 100%. Um, but at the end of the day, like what would serve them the best is probably getting more obsessed with profit and yeah. looking away from that. And I, and I think this is kind of that same conversation in another way yeah. or highlighting it's like, and I'm sure you remember these days of like people would put ads up on Facebook around, you know, download this ebook. And, you know, people would opt in for that to get the ebook and then they would never open another email from you. And it's like, well, hang on, they, they didn't opt in to get weekly emails from you. That's not, it wasn't their desire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we talk a lot about, you know, vanity metrics when we're, when we're looking at ad campaigns and things. And we, we, we do a lot with YouTube ads. That's one of our, our specialties. And actually, at the time of this recording, uh, next week, I got invited to speak at the, the YouTube offices in LA. We're doing a, a big YouTube event for e-commerce, which would be fun. But you know the the vanity metrics when you're running YouTube ads, as an example, are are views and impressions, right? Whoa, four million impressions, or we had you know X number of views. Like that that doesn't really matter, right? You optimize for that, and and you're you're just optimizing to stroke your own ego. But if you look at how did this drive engagements, how did this drive signups or sales or conversions, and then all the metrics that go with that. That's when you're looking at lasting impact, and I think I think I think a vanity metric in the podcasting business is this huge spike of of listens that were really only there for one thing, and that was your your star guest. They weren't there for you or for your ongoing content. So yeah, I think it can be a vanity metric, and it's usually dangerous to chase those vanity metrics. Well, some big things coming from podcasters, and I'm just going to put this out there because I think in some of our accounts we use the way they're tracking downloads and the way they're tracking consumption has changed. They're doing a much better job. And on those shows, once they've been tracked properly, they're finding that their downloads are about half of what they thought they were and that people gotcha. are consuming nowhere near the amount of content they thought they were. And I'll give you an example. Dude, this I, is I need to learn your ways, man. I, uh, secrets. We, obs we obsess <laughs> about metrics, but I, 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 I will confess. And you, you, <laughs> you asked me, how to hey, what are you really good as a podcast? I'm like, I don't know, maybe nothing. Um, <laughs> You know, because the podcast is a side thing and it's, you know, we're not charging ad revenue and stuff. It's really fun for me, but I feel like we'd be so much better. So like we are obsessive about managing our ad campaigns for our clients, but managing, you know, measuring the, my, our own podcast, I know we're doing it the wrong way. So I would love to learn from, from you, the master. <laughs> I wouldn't say the master. I'd say it's a wild west still. I feel like um, YouTube, Facebook, um, and in a large part, analytics and e-commerce have really nailed their data. It's, it's much better. Podcasting has been left behind because it's only recent, recently broke into popularity. Right, um, right. I will say this though, big things are coming in a way. Now, we can definitely Sorry. track downloads. We can definitely track like locations and there's a whole bunch of things. But ultimately, I'm relying on a lot of the data after someone's listened to a show into email lists and hitting websites. And we rely on that a lot to track things because I just feel like there's some big lies in downloads and a lot of the metrics. And I'll give you one from here. If you are an Apple user and you have an iPhone, a laptop and uh, an iPad, and you have three iTunes accounts running and you're all subscribed to one show, every time that show comes out, it's downloading three times. Yep, so, but just to you. But just to just me. To so is it uniquely tracked? And this is where I think a lot of these platforms have been a bit shady by, well, basically stroking your ego. Like, oh, no, 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 it was downloaded this many times, but like it won't disclose the unique downloads. Unique um, downloads, or, yeah, how much it was listened to, that's also uh, an important metric and things. So. so over the next six months, I can already see like Omni and Lipson, some really good things coming down the line. And I think uh, Shopify, not Spotify. I've never had an e-commerce people on again. It's, it's too close a word. <laughs> <laughs> no, I joke. But I can see some really different things coming uh, down the line from there. 
Now, I want to jump gears here because your, your show's got some really interesting aspects that I, I'm fascinated by. And one particular that I also do is we record in video. And that yeah. is the uncommon thing to do at this stage. So I'd love to know, like, why did you do a video podcast? Because you've done, it's not something you've dabbled in. You've done a lot of them. So why video? Are, are you suggesting, Charlie, that I have a face for radio and you're surprised that I'm on video? Is that <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. So uh, because we love YouTube and and in, in, in a previous life, I did a lot of TV ads for clients. And so I've always loved video, always loved TV. And so then you know, I've always been kind of a student of, of YouTube. And, and back in the day, we did some, some organic YouTube stuff. Now we're essentially almost all YouTube ads in terms of our agency. But it just went when someone had mentioned, well, and actually the first podcast that I did, the Lama Commerce Show, we recorded that on, I don't even know if this is still the name or if it still exists, but but Google Hangouts Live, I think. And the beauty of that was you fire up a Google Hangout, you record it automatically converts to a, a YouTube video. And so really just looking for, hey, there's some, some SEO benefit to being on YouTube. It is an additional audience. Also trying to think not just like the way I consume things. So and I love that you brought up that, that, hey, books that you love doesn't mean your audience is going to love that. I personally just like to listen. I, I don't. I don't go to YouTube and watch a podcast, but people do. Like some people just prefer to watch the video. Some people want to see you and want to connect with you. I'll go deeper. And so we did it kind of we for have, all those reasons. We have the data, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I want to back this point in. We have the data. We have shows that are audio shows and just have a thumbnail with the audio playing on YouTube, and they get consumed. People legitimately use YouTube as a podcast player. So it is yeah. 100% verified. That happens. Yep, yep. But continue on. Which I guess makes sense because I know, uh, and you know, we have we have people in the office that they'll use YouTube to to run a music playlist or whatever. And so, so why not use it for podcasting? So, so I felt like that was important. You know, we wanted the SEO juice. We wanted to, to have some exposure on YouTube. And then it's also, uh, I think there is a fun element of, and, and and we do our video the same way you you run it. It's it's a Zoom call, both. You know, both myself and my guests turn on our cameras if they can. If they can, it's not a huge deal. And uh, yeah, I just feel like it was it allowed us to reach that that additional audience. And, and I think, you know, just like the way you have to think about a business where, you know, your your audience may be ninety percent audio only and only ten percent video, but it's looking for those incremental wins that over time really adds up. You know, and so I felt like this was a good incremental win, and it's been fun and it's relatively easy. You know. Very interesting to hear that on Lays, and I want to come back to that for a second, but I, w I wanted to bring this into like why we did it. I I'm a really big believer if you want to do well in pretty much any of the marketing channels, you have to be ahead of the game. Like to do things the old way pretty much guarantees medi mediocrity results. So for example, if you were going to start podcasting today, just do audio, create a, a broad show and put it on iTunes only, you're screwed. Like in all honesty, yeah. you've got very little chance of being successful. But if you're going to go into where I think podcasting is going, which is video, the early adopters are going to do very well here. But additionally, it offers so much more leverage with what you can do with it. So YouTube's just one we've mentioned here, but the other one I've got data on, we've started releasing full episodes on Facebook. And sure enough, really, I, I was shocked when we saw this. This was a happy surprise. But for us and several of the clients, people are actually watching full-length podcast episodes. This is wow. like 30 minutes on plus Facebook. on Facebook. Interesting. Yeah, I guess I guess so. I wouldn't even have thought of that one. So I'm glad you mentioned it. 
I guess it's not super surprising though. So I've done some Facebook lives with with Ezra Firestone. We mentioned him before, but I've gone. We've, we've done some projects together. So he's got a studio in New York City or uh, outside of New York City where he lives, and uh, we've done some Facebook lives that ended up being like an hour, and uh, people watch the whole thing. And like, and of course, some of that's his audience and all that. But I guess it kind of goes back to if you got the right content, people will stick around and watch. So might be the um, podcast on Facebook. Like. Might be the title for this, like topic first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, I want to loop back around. You've got a certain expertise here, and I've been uh, dying to find someone who might be able to answer this, and you might be the guy. Do you think it's viable to use YouTube ads to promote a podcast on YouTube if you're doing video? Is that a viable strategy for someone to use, or is and I'll put the preference, or is YouTube its own beast and got to be formatted accordingly? Yeah, so the, I mean, the very quick answer and the the honest answer is I don't fully know. Uh, we we do spend a lot of money on on YouTube ads as an agency. So for agencies our size, and again, we're just a under forty employees. We're one of the top spenders on YouTube ads. I mean, we're spending millions and millions and millions a year, but but uh, we're not promoting podcasts with YouTube ads. So this is one of those other kind of embarrassing things as a podcast host. One of the cool things you can do with video, so we, we took some of our video and I've had some great guests in the e-commerce space like Andrew Udarian, who runs a great podcast called E-commerce Fuel, and Steve Chu, who runs a podcast called My Wife Quit Her Job, all e-commerce focused. So I've had them on the podcast and I've got video of me and them talking just like we're doing now. So I had my video guy like edit those and put it together in this, this awesome high energy promo for e-commerce evolution. And I've never run any ads to it. I've never run it as an ad. So I've got this like, I think it's a really good ad and I, and I, and I, and I you know, I think my opinion matters there because I run a lot of YouTube ads. It's a good ad. Never run it. So uh, I don't know for sure. I, I think it definitely could work. The beauty of running YouTube ads is there are no minimums. You know, you you can run you know with a very small budget, and you'll get to see engagement metrics and click metrics and and all the metrics that you'd like to see that maybe you don't see on your podcast. Um, so I think it's totally worth a test. I've never done it myself, but I know for for you know for e-commerce companies selling physical products, we've run YouTube ads for automotive products and health supplements and sunglasses and watches and all kinds of apparel. It, it, it performs very well. So if you've promoted your podcast, you know, a lot of times for our agency, if someone has done well with Facebook ads, we can likely have some success with YouTube, Facebook video ads, then likely we can have some success with YouTube video ads. So I would assume if you're running Facebook video ads to promote your podcast, you can probably do well with YouTube ads to promote your podcast as well. I just haven't promoted my podcast with YouTube ads uh, much yet to date. Interesting. Very, very interesting insights. This topic will continue on. It's fascinating you say that because in the paid channels, Facebook's been our best performer. Like I've run quite a lot of Facebook ads to video podcasts specifically. And that's been, a, I would say, universally the best performer across wide niches. Nice. And I would start there but I haven't been able to crack it. I've made a $2,000 donation to Google in trying some things. Uh, <laughs> uh, Larry and Sergey appreciate your donation, uh, noted. Uh, although that, you know, that amount, they may not, might not register, but still. It's, well, he hasn't replied to my email asking what went on here, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, just keep waiting. But, but it's fascinating. I almost feel like this is um, one of those areas because it's not hot for podcasters, it's been underdone. Like, I think there is opportunity here. It's just that I haven't been able to crack the code of how or what it needs to look like creatively. 
because there is just so much video content uh, being consumed there. And we see shows like Joe Rogan and so many podcasts actually do well on those channels. So I think someone will crack this code and eventually we will have a formula for succeeding with YouTube ads to kind of spike a podcast. Yeah, I, I think so. And that's something um, I'm glad you mentioned it. One, because it's a reminder to me that, hey, dummy, test the video that you had created. You know, for, for e-commerce companies, there's some amazing ways you can target on YouTube. You know, there, there are these things called in-market audiences. So Google has packaged together these audiences of people that based on their, their, their online behavior, so their searches and places they visit, you know, location tracking, things like that, where, where Google can say, hey, this person's in the market for financial services or they're in the market for skincare or they're in the market for a hair care product. Well, like, like, that's a great audience to test for an e-commerce product. It's a little different for podcasts, right? There are definitely some ways to do it. I'm already thinking about some ideas that I don't want to nerd out too much on, on YouTube ads. But I think that'll be a key is zeroing in on how do we target the right audience and how do we kind of feed the, uh, the YouTube algorithm, the smart bid algorithm for YouTube ads? How do we feed it the right data to, to find more of the right, the right person? But I'm confident there, there, there can be wins there. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm motivated now to test. Just on in market audiences briefly, um, I didn't believe it was that good until I realized it was happening to me. Uh, so fill you in on this. Like one of the hardest uh, things to target for interest base, not for search base, so not in search taste, is people who are pregnant. So it's like, and my wife was uh, pregnant. We just had a little boy. He's three months old. And um, I realized that all of a sudden all my GDN ads, so this is like all the display ads started being for baby things. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> so we're yep. in market because of the behavior I was looking online. So based on the things I was uh, searching and in the relevant time, Google was yep. able to identify when I was in the market or would need a pram. Yep. We need a carrier, and I was like, "Right, right, right." I, I'm impressed Car and terrified. Crib, <laughs> yeah, baby furniture. We're we're searching for all those things, and yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot you can tell about that, right? And so, so then even if you even if you don't sell baby furniture as an example, there's a, there's an in market audience for baby furniture. Well, but but I, I just need to target parents. So like that's a great audience to target, you know. So so a lot lots you can do with those audiences for sure. Well, it gives me hope for Google. It really does. Now, Brett. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a really interesting conversation. I just want to give a highlight to the uh, audience here now. I know all of our podcast listeners, you probably don't own or all of you own e-commerce stores, but I do think it's worth tuning into Brett's podcast and we'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. But specifically, there's a couple of things I want you to pay attention to. Number one is like the topic selection. So the prioritization of topic over just guest or who's going to share things, I think is a really important thing. And you can have a look at uh, Brett's podcast. And like some of those topics are like, uh, I'll say bleeding edge for e-commerce. And I think if you did that in your own podcast, you'd be having much more success. And then two, something we didn't get a chance to talk about, but I think is worth paying attention to is Brett's interview style. So if you listen to Brett's podcast, like I have, you'll notice how he carries conversations that are, are quite useful and then slightly entertaining. I mean, I did have a little chuckle when you guys said, oh, let's go play squash. Um, and introduce those elements. But um, yep. I thought it was a very digestible conversation. And at times, many podcasters get caught in making it like a professional news presentation where it lacks that depth. So there are a couple of things I would find out. We'll put some links into where's the best place for people to find out more about what you do, Brett? Yeah, awesome. So I really appreciate those comments, by the way, Charlie. So omgcommerce.com, check it out there. If, if any of the things we do pique your interest, so YouTube ads, we do Amazon ads, 
Google Shopping. We have we have some free guides that are available for download. So if you or a client are interested, we really we put a lot into those guides. They are completely free. So check those out. But omgcommerce.com. You can also connect with me on, on LinkedIn or Facebook. Would love to connect with other podcasters for sure. Of course, listen to the podcast if you want to. Would would love to have more listeners. And if you believe you got a, a topic that would really resonate with an e-commerce store owner, hit me up. We'd love to talk about that. And maybe there'll be some some opportunities to have you on the show as well. Sensational. I'll do one more here. Brett and Brett, uh, we're gonna I was gonna say this and he may have leaned into this a little bit in that comment. But Brett said he loves going on podcasts. So if you're a podcaster that serves an e-commerce audience or close to what we've discussed today, uh, make sure you reach out to either our show or Brett directly. And he said he would love to go on more podcasts uh, coming out this year. So uh, let's Adam, do it. Go for let's it, guys. It. <laughs> All yeah, right, that guys. sounds good, man. I'm, I'm down. This has been another episode of the Business of Podcasting. Thank you once again, Brett. We're going to wrap this one up from here. Awesome. Thanks, Charlie. Really appreciate it.